Radio Studio at the George Washington Broadcast Center. Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. People like Joe Manchin that make you realize America needs more than two major parties. Because he doesn't seem to totally fit into either one. I mean, think about it. Joe Manchin is in the same party as AOC. Imagine if other industries work like this. Like, to have a career in music, you had to either join BTS or the Wu-Tang Clan. I mean, Billie Eilish is like, but I don't fit into either of those. You gotta choose, Billie! You gotta choose! Yeah. Yeah, there's some truth to that. Um, I love that quote the other day you hit us with. About the uh, 80%. Damned if you do, if damned if you don't? No, that, is a good well, one. that wasn't it. No, that's not a good one. Uh, the If you agree with someone 80% in politics, these days that's your enemy? Yeah. Who said that? That's a uh, David French thing. Yeah, okay. It's hmm. true. Um, you know, I'm tempted to just, uh, the world's largest, lo- the world's longest rabbit is still missing. Oh. Four foot three, it's still missing. So if you see a four foot three inch rabbit, you're not hallucinating. It's stolen goods. Report it immediately. Things is big as a golden retriever. I'd be frightening to behold. I'm tempted to read this whole story from Boehner's book about playing golf with Trump. I don't know how long it is. Let me start into it, see if I decide to read the whole thing. I, you know I'm interested. Yeah, and I thought I thought between the golf part of it, the Trump part of it, and the other stuff, it's kind of interesting. Well, there is a widespread belief, and I think it's absolutely well-founded, that if you want to get to know somebody, play golf with them. Hmm. You'll, you'll see a lot of their character on display. So uh, Boehner talks about the first time that he met Trump on one of Trump's own golf courses. The Trump National in Westchester, New York. High-end kind of place, Boehner writes, with a big fountain outside the clubhouse, a grand staircase inside, and a hundred-foot waterfall on the course. Wow! Whatever you might think about Donald Trump as a politician, he sure knows how to put together a golf facility, Boehner writes. I was the House Minority Leader then. Okay, you're a big deal. You're what Kevin McCarthy is now. You're a big Uh deal in politics. And I was on a fundraising run scheduled to play golf with two high-profile insurance executives. Be fair to say they're a big deal, too, right? Oh, yeah. You don't end up playing golf with the House Minority Leader by accident. No. You're it's big, all about lobbying and contributions, too, as he points out. You're yeah. big swingers. Sure. I mean, financially and politically, in addition to golf. Understood. We needed a fourth, and out of nowhere, we're informed that Donald Trump himself would be playing with us. Wow. I didn't know Donald Trump at all, except from, from television. But his name was on the door of the club, and if he wanted to come out... With us, none of us were going to say no. I had no idea what to think. The big, loud guy I'd seen on TV did not strike me as an ideal companion for 18 holes of golf. When we got to the course to hit some warm-up balls, there he was, the man himself with the shock of bright yellow hair, tanned face, dressed in typical golfing outfit, ready to hit the links. He was very friendly, but in an in-your-face, this-is-how-they-talk-in-New-York kind of way that I was not used to. I can imagine that. Sure. Direct, loud, intense. Pretty much the same guy who got elected to the White House. By the way, it's worth pointing out here for you Boehner haters. Boehner voted for Trump in 16 and 20. And is being asked at every turn if he would vote for Trump if Trump is the nominee in 24. And Boehner's saying, I don't deal in hypotheticals. But he's certainly not saying no. So, he supported the guy both times around. Yeah, he's trying to sell books. Um, But he did vote for Trump both times. Yeah, no doubt. Pretty much the same guy who got elected to the White House is who I was seeing in front of me. I can tell you that with Trump, what you see is what you got, for better or worse. That is who he is. Vader, Trump said when we were ready to start. You and I are going to take these two turkeys and whip them. 
That was okay with me. <laughs> As we were getting ready to... You say you wanted their contributions. Wait a minute. Would you would you lose to them to try to get the contributions or how do, I don't know anything about the politics or the the uh, um, the, the the etiquette of this sort of thing. You might not want to stomp them, but no, you can beat them. It's fine. As we were ready, getting ready to start, Trump went over to uh, a young staffer of mine who was with us, who we all call BJ, and asked for the insurance executives' names. That's a pretty good Trump move. I think they're Joe and Jeff. BJ told him. So Trump said hello to Jeff and hello to Joe. And we set off. Uh, these are not the real names, by the way, uh, uh, for the story. So don't try to figure out who it was. Uh, okay. Then we went around <laughs> sharing our handicaps. One of the guys said he was a 12, one of 14. I was a 10. What's your handicap? I asked Trump. Five, he said, matter of factly. So how does all that strike you? I don't know anything about this sort of thing. So uh, does that uh, sound about right for some pretty decent players who can golf their balls and one guy who's uh, quite good? Do you buy if Trump said five? Well, I could this have been 15 years ago, would you have thought, oh, okay. Or would you have thought, no way? I could believe no that. A, a guy who plays as much as he does? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. that's not like uh, some dictator getting 18 holes in one or something like no, that. No, but Boehner right. yeah. thought to himself, because this is an italics, there's no way this guy's a five handicap, I thought to myself. I'm going to have to carry him around on my back all day. <laughs> I don't know why Boehner thought that. But, uh, I, th- I feel like that is just guy. There's no way this guy's not better than I am. I think that's where that comes from. I'm a ten. He says he's a five. I'm doing the eye test. I think I'm probably better. Could be. Yeah. Old fat guy. So you'd think maybe I can beat him. I don't know. Yeah. But Trump ended up birdieing. There's three- plenty of old fat guys out there walking around with my money <laughs> <laughs> from the golf course. Oh yeah. Trump ended up birdieing three of the first five holes. That was quite something. That's a hell of a start. It absolutely blew me away. Holy S, I thought, this guy can play golf. And he and I won that day beating Joe and Jeff soundly. Over the 18 holes, we talked about this and that, nothing particularly memorable. But had I known back then I was walking around with the 45th president, I might have paid better attention. He says at the very beginning of his book, he'd met. that was the first time he met Trump. He met Trump many times in his life. He said it never even crossed his mind. Not for, an in, not for a second did he ever think Donald Trump would ever run or be president or even be the nominee. It just never even crossed his mind, which is kind of interesting. Yeah. Because that's yeah. not usually the case. Most of our presidents, you can see them coming from 15 years away. Or Right, exactly. You know they have the desire and would gladly do it. As we were coming off the course, Trump was in a great mood, as winners generally tend to be. We shook hands. Good match, Joe. Well done, Jeff. Finally, one of the guys stopped us. He has kind of a weird look on his face, and I could see something awkward was coming. Guys, our names are Mike and David. We'd been calling these guys the wrong names over and over all day long, and they were either either too polite or too shy to correct us the whole time, which is kind of interesting because, as we pointed out, they've got to be pretty significant players, financially speaking, to be on the course with Boehner and Trump at all. So it's not like you're shy around the rich and powerful. Right. That's odd that they would let it go 18 holes. It is. That's that's odd behavior. All I could do is laugh. Sure, it was a little embarrassing, but was it my fault these guys just let us walk around for 18 holes looking like a-holes because we were <laughs> spouting the wrong names? I, I would feel that way, too, I think. You know, I don't want to get hung up on it. I'm a little I'm a little confused about the, the dynamics here. I mean, if they were insurance execs and he was on a fundraising swing uh-huh. and he didn't bother to learn their names, my checkbook's staying in my pocket. 
F you. You can't even re- remember my name, and then you're going to hit me up for 50 Gs or something? That is interesting. Why Screw did, you. Since they, the way he has written it, they were together on purpose. Right. How did he not know their names? Yeah, that's an odd story. Or, you know, maybe Trump just beat him to it on the finding out their names thing. Um, you know, Trump yeah, went over to think if it was a pre-range round of golf, you'd know who you're playing with. I don't know. Yeah. Maybe... The other part of it is, remember when 60 Minutes did that story about how first-year congressmen, or all congresspeople, they spend like 30 hours a week fundraising? Yes. Maybe you fundraise so much, it's not a you learn the names ahead of time. Right. You know what? It's a good point. Might have been, might have been his third of the day. A lunch, a fundraising, and then a dinner, all with people. Yeah, I don't know. But Donald, well, Donald did not laugh. This sort of uh, sort of glower fell across his face, the kind of look I could tell that you didn't want to see too often if you happened to work for him. He marched right over to BJ, my assistant, and got right in his face to the point that BJ might have had to take a step or two back. Then Trump shouted, what are you, some kind of idiot? He pointed to the rest of the impromptu foursome. These guys' names are Mike and David. Then he gave the young man a piece of advice that he and I have never forgotten. And I hesitate to put an expletive in the mouth of a former president of the United States, but here it goes anyway. <laughs> you want to know how to remember somebody's names? You effing listen. Poor BJ looked like he wanted to melt into the ground and pull the turf over his head. <laughs> wow. <laughs> <laughs> I'd never seen anybody treat a staffer like that. Not in politics, not ever. This was more than New York bluster. This was real anger over something very small. We had no do- idea then that the anger, what that anger would do to the country. And that's, you know, Boehner's take on the whole Trump thing. But. Yeah, you know what's interesting, though? And this is so uh, emblematic of of Trump and Trump's appeal and how a lot of people don't get Trump's appeal. I'm sure Trump was embarrassed that he was calling these guys by the wrong sure. name. But you know what else that communicated? That communicated to those guys that it mattered to him that he got their names right. That's a that, very, that, that was important. That's a very good point. The way I read that, he did it in a in a place where they all saw this happening. Right. And that is that's what the message was. Hey, these are important people and you give me the wrong names? Right. Yeah, I think I think you're right. I yeah. think that's what he was doing. Hmm. I can totally see Trump being a huge bagger, though. A big sandbagger. Calls himself a five, but he's really scratch. Takes people's money. I don't know. Oh, oh really? So, oh, so he's yeah. better than yeah. his, the handicap he throws out. I could believe it. Yeah. <laughs> I've known plenty of them. That's an interesting sort of person, because in general, most time, you'd like throwing out your great handicap. You'd like that more than lying to people. Well, yeah, that's actually, there are guys they call Hollywood handicappers. They would like to be thought of as good golfers, and so they throw out a low number. They lose money a lot because they can't play to their number or anywhere close to it, but they, they'd prefer to have the status. Then you got guys who, for some reason, and I'm picturing some guys I know, they're baggers. They inflate their handicap, and I could go into detail how you do it, but it's not that exciting. But so they'd rather um, have the money than be thought of as a good golfer, and I'm they'd, guessing... They'd rather win a few bucks from their friends. And I'm thinking most of these people are not people that a few bucks matters that much in their life, so that just Correct. seems weird to me. Yeah, I would and think, if it's more than a few bucks, then you're a thief. I would think if you spend a lot of time on the golf course, you'd much rather be known as a good golfer than as an okay golfer, but you get an extra few dollars that don't matter to you. That's a, that's a yeah. weird personality. I know. I've, I've wondered about it a lot myself. I'd love, to have a, I'd love to have a low number I get to tell people and be honest about it. That'd be fantastic. I'd like that a lot more than having your $20 bill or whatever it is. 
I, I don't think you're uh, estimating the stakes properly. Well, I'm, you know. well yeah. yeah. Everybody plays <laughs> to their, or most people play, gamble to their level of comfort. So the, 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 the ratio stays the same, I think, most of the time. It's like the Charles Barkley thing. Yeah, he lost millions of dollars. He has to play for millions of dollars or it's no fun. Right, right. I would agree. Hmm. Anyway, uh, our text line is always 415-295-KFTC. I won't tell any more golfing stories this hour. That's a long golfing story, but I thought it was interesting. I know a few good golf jokes. You want to hear them? Your stance was too wide. Say no. (laughs) Yeah, that's our favorite favorite golf joke. (laughs) That is the punchline. Your stance is too wide. We'll just have to guess. Armstrong and Getty. from me. You'll never know where you'll end up. That's freedom. I'll raise a glass to that any day. P.S. Ted Cruz, go fuck yourself. Oh, wow. <laughs> that's John Boehner from the audio version of his new book that's out that I was just reading from. Uh, I'm sorry. I'm easily amused. Um, uh, I wanted to mention Ted Cruz uh, tweeted out a picture today saying, I just got John Boehner's new book, and then there's a picture of it in his trash can, so he... Uh, Threw it in the trash. Well, I saw it in his fireplace. Oh, which really? Is book burning, just like the Nazis. So, um, and uh, Colbert had Boehner on also, and he talked about Ted Cruz. You're hard on Ted Cruz. In, in oh, this you book. mean Lucifer? You mean Lucifer in the flesh? It's <laughs> a little strong. I understand that pettiness is not a good trait. But I am infinitely entertained by it. (laughs) Yes. I do not wish my friends to have it. Were I to have kids, I would do everything I could to stamp it out of them. Exactly. But other people expressing (laughs) pettiness is probably my favorite thing. Oh, it is. It is endlessly amusing. So a handful of things I want to squeeze in here, including this. I just saw this tweet, and I'm about to retweet it. Uh, The caption is, make LeBron give up his salary. This is absolutely... Uh, sex discrimination, it is uh, the gender gap, etc., blah, blah, blah. Sue Bird, 17 seasons in the WNBA. LeBron James, 17 in the NBA. Sue Bird, four championships. LeBron, four championships. Sue Bird, 2020 salary, $215,000. LeBron, LeBron, $37.44 million. How, do, how much does she make as one of the biggest stars in the WNBA? 215K. Hmm. Bonus for winning the 2020 finals, 11 dollars $11,356. Bonus for winning the 2020 finals for LeBron, $370,000. So was LeBron <laughs> making the argument that women should get paid the same as men? No. He, he has made that sort of woke argument all the time. Because he's, he's, he's got to understand, because he's involved in the contract negotiations, that, you know, why it is the way it is only an idiot doesn't understand why it is the way it is at the professional level right right of course i just thought that was pretty or even at the college pay gap gender pay gap we didn't talk about the the flap for a while there at the beginning of the ncaa tournament march madness somebody tweeted out a picture of the what what big college was it doesn't really matter the men's weight room versus the women's weight room at this university and the men's weight room was just spectacular i mean it was unbelievable and the women's weight room was like what you'd see at a local high school 
But, of course, the men's program brings in gazillions of dollars to that university, Mm -hmm. which is why you have the weight room so you can get the players to continue to bring in gazillions of dollars. It'd be stupid to spend that much money on the women's because you're never going to bring in enough money to pay for it. It's not sexist. It's just a business decision. Right, exactly. Also, uh, coming up, and I don't want to lose uh, time to or run out of time to, to mention this, Cal Unicornia, now 50th in the nation in getting kids back into schools. Oh, wow, last place. Utterly shameless. Huh? There also happens to be a big article in the liberal San Francisco Chironicle about a school system that has been in session for months and months. It's public schools, and they're fine. Everybody's perfectly fine. Last place. Richest uh, state in the country in last place. A quick note, uh, got some more information on the J&J vaccine. Uh, it is impossible to find this in uh, journalism. But, yeah, it does seem like there's a pretty decent link between the blood clot issue and the vaccine. Uh, it's thought that perhaps uh, the women who are all of uh, childbirthing age who've gotten it may have also been on birth control because birth control has a very rare but significant side effect of blood clotting. And they're trying to figure out whether indeed uh, that is, uh, you know, that's a tie-in. But yeah, it, it, there could be a cause and effect relationship between the J&J and the clotting. On the other hand, it remains a one in a million at most proposition, or so it would seem. But it's worth studying. It's, it's a dopey decision to stop the vaccine for, for, for not killing one in a million when one in 600 are diving from COVID. It's moronic that they halted it. Absolutely moronic. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Well, that officer who thought she had her taser in her hand but had her gun in her hand and shot a guy dead is being charged with second-degree manslaughter. That just came across the uh, the headlines. She resigned yesterday, as did the police chief. It's a tragic story, and, you know... It's horrible for the officer, but obviously it's worse for the dead person. Somebody jot this down. There's no way she gets tried and convicted. None. No. In a violent struggle with a person uh, who was wanted for armed robbery as he was fighting and trying to escape, no. She will not get convicted. There's no way. What about the civil suit against the uh, police department? How many Mm. millions of dollars? It's $24 million for uh, George Floyd's family. As we've discussed many times, that's a financial calculation. What would it cost to fight and try as opposed yeah. to what can we write a check and get out of? For, for what amount can we write a check and get out of it? So we'll see. A couple of stories cheek bajowl here that I found very interesting. The first one in the San Francisco Chironicle about a Northern California school district that reopened classes five months ago. The headline in the liberal must, chronicle must be white supremacists. Exactly. Yes, it is a white. It's an entirely clan run school because wanting to be back in school is white supremacy, according to the head of the California Teachers Union and the L.A. Teachers Unions. Ah, wait, no, mm-mm. it's a racially diverse and fairly uh, not rich district. Uh, but I love this full headline. This Northern California school district reopened classrooms five months ago. The results may surprise you or not. The results don't surprise us at all, Chronicle, not even a tiny bit. 
It's the Manteca School District, diverse, low-income district. Uh, they've been back on campus at least two days a week, although quite a few students are spending full days in all the high school classes, etc., and everybody is perfectly fine. They took some measures. They got some air filtration equipment. They're trying to space the kids out. People are wearing masks, blah, blah, blah. Everything that we told you and anybody could have told you eight months ago were adequate given the fact that the kids don't seem to be uh, getting sick and spreading the disease. Now, some of the variations, the question uh, is still uh, you know, out there. To what extent does it affect the kids? But so far, you know, not not too bad. So California's in 50th place in getting kids back to school. Well, that's where I'm going. Yeah, that's this, amazing. So you have this long district about uh, this long story, rather, about this district where everything's fine. Everything's fine because the district said, look, we're going back in September. They reached an agreement for a phased reopening with the teachers union, followed state and county health guidelines. And again, everybody's great. And then you have this story from uh, Fox L.A. Frustrated parents in San Francisco have coined a new phrase for their latest classroom reality. Zoom in a room. You see, in L.A., for instance, students can start going back to school. But they'll sit in an empty room looking at a computer because the teacher's at home. Yeah, that's a, a workaround a lot of places. Zoom in a room. California is and the And the moronic dead... media reports it as if it's normal. I mean, the schools, schools are, are open, open everybody. and parents are proud. Yep, exactly. You idiots. Jeez, would you ask a question <laughs> now and then, you young reporters? Please. They mentioned reopening schools varies city to city because of California's decentralized education system where 1,200 school districts must negotiate new contracts with workers. Many of those districts have been wide open since fall. Private schools wide open since fall. All the kids there full-time doing great. While educators, I'm reading now from Fox LA, were among the first groups eligible for vaccines, some districts have let them keep working from home. If they or someone they live with is at higher risk, allegedly, they mentioned that New York City, the nation's largest school district, allowed students to return last fall. As of March 29th, more than 40 percent of districts nationwide had offered all students the option to return to full time in-person instruction. California, ladies and gentlemen, Cal Unicornia where adulthood goes to die, ranks dead freaking last in the country in getting kids kids into classrooms. Uh, just 3 million of California's more than 6 million K-12 through students now have the option to learn in a classroom. Most are younger children, and those kids will receive only a few hours a week of in-classroom instruction, and the teachers might not be there at all. Several states have ordered schools to offer in-person instruction. They list several, but not California. Governor Gavin Newsom is pushed to reopen schools by setting aside vaccines for educators and dangling financial incentives, but he's made it clear he will not order classrooms to open. They mention teachers' unions have an outsized political power in the Democratic-led state, and Newsom is expected to face a recall election, blah, blah, blah. It's pretty horrible. Well. And there are still places like San Francisco that are saying, maybe in the fall, maybe. I don't know how y'all sleep at night. I honestly don't. So there's a local school district to uh, here that was planning to reopen. The teachers were in agreement. But then uh, 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 various other workers at the schools 
uh, janitors, you know, lunchroom workers, that sort of stuff, said they'd strike if they were ha- if they were forced to go into the dangerous, dangerous circumstance. The, yeah. So the school is going to stay closed. The SEIU, the Service Employees uh, International Union, which regularly parades with communists, declared communists on May Day, for instance. Uh, yeah, they're keeping the schools closed now that the teachers have agreed in some cases to come back and teach. But California dead freaking last. And you wonder why people are moving away. That's frustrating. Uh, the Asian giant hornet is the murder hornet, Joe. We were talking about this off the air. So they're trying to recycle the murder hornet for 2021 with a different name? Apparently. Uh, murder hornets are emerging from hibernation right now. So that's why you haven't seen one or been attacked by one or been carried off by one, because they were in hibernation all this or time. Or plotting in secret. They're the size of a small bird. And they're, well, that would scare the poo out of me. And they're waking up and they're angry. Huh. So look out. A couple more quick suck. updates. I would hate to see one. I'd hate to have one buzzing around me. can't imagine what it sounds like and looks like buzzing around you the size of a small bird. Holy crap. Yeah, I'd hate to w- run away and screech like a little girl in front of others. But uh, again, oh, more sexism. We decided we weren't going to use that phrase. Although at that size, it seems like it'd be easier to bat with a, you know, hit with something. Don't anger it. Oh, my God. It'll come for your whole family. (laughs) Anyway, a couple of quick updates. Self-identified Antifa members have now moved into the Twin Cities of Minnesota to continue the rioting and looting. It has now officially become a Marxist haven for chaos. So cops act accordingly. 60 arrested last night. Mm Mm-hmm. The warrant that some news accounts mention in the death of Dante Wright. Most of them say he was pulled over for an expired tag. He was pulled over for an expired tag. He had an outstanding warrant. Some say for a firearms charge. Yeah, he stuck a gun in a woman's face and robbed her at gunpoint, allegedly. Using the term, I'm seeing it up on the Twitter, using the term routine traffic stop. Well, at the very beginning, it was a routine traffic stop for expired tags. The moment they ran the tags and found out they had a guy here who was being charged with uh, armed robbery, so he had at least at some point in his life had access to a gun, it's no longer a routine traffic stop. Right. He had an open warrant for his arrest for a gun-violent crime. Then when you walk back up to him and said, uh, we ran your tags, there's a warrant for your arrest, so I'm afraid you're under arrest, and then he tries to get in his car, that is far from a routine traffic stop. Yeah. Why is he getting in his car? Has he got a gun in there? Is he going to drive off? We can't let a guy who's been being charged with armed robbery drive away. Right. That's an that was a situation. terrible mistake made. Of course it was. Nope. But stop, you media liars. You race-baiting, race-war-starting liars. Why do you do that? I don't know. I think they're true believers. Including, I really do. including Vice President Harris the other day. It's, it's awful. It is really, really awful. God, that's <laughs> sickening. So, you sicken me, lady. So yesterday on the show, uh, Positive Sean, who's really into investing, said... Everybody needs to have some exposure to uh, cryptocurrency at this point. And I thought, yeah, I think it's probably... That means little... owning some in investment talk. That's We're probably a little early for that. No, no, it's not. You should, and I should, and we all should, and I'll explain why next. Armstrong and Getty.
The Armstrong and Getty Show. It's incredible. I was just looking uh, before joining you, and I think at the open, you know, Coinbase will be about the same market cap as Goldman Sachs. So it's, I think the analog may be, you know, Amazon in its early days where people said, look at that valuation. They sell, you know, books and CDs. And all along, they were looking, you know, forward at selling basically everything. We're looking at Coinbase, which makes its debut on Wall Street. The largest cryptocurrency exchange goes public. Through a direct listing, it could be a bigger debut than Facebook had back in 2012. And as you just heard there, bigger than Goldman Sachs, worth more than Goldman Sachs, which is really something. That's a fad like cars and credit cards. (laughs) Today, Coinbase will begin trading on the NASDAQ as a $100 billion company, at least on paper. As we mentioned, biggest Facebook, Goldman Sachs. Uh, Today's Coinbase is based around buying and selling coins like Bitcoin and taking fees for it. But in the future, it's going to be on more than that, just the coins. It'll include things like any cryptocurrency-infused products, NFTs, decentralized loans. I say that like I have any idea what that is. <laughs> um, critics have pointed out that even if this reality... And by the way, if Sean, if you weren't into NFTs, I would have no idea what they are. So i got to keep remembering that. The only reason I know what they are is because Sean told me, and you've made $7,000 off of them so far, but... I haven't heard much about it anywhere else. Have you, Joe? Mm, yeah, here and there in the press, but not much. Yeah. Um, Nobody's brought it up in real life. N- yeah, exactly. I'm an illusion. I bring it up to people and try to explain it, and they all look at me like, <laughs> what the hell are you talking about? Well, nobody would buy that. <laughs> Critics have pointed out that even if this reality does materialize, the industry will, will attract more competition and drive down Coinbase's fees. I don't know. Well, we'll see. Uh, and in the interim, Coinboys is a Bitcoin company before they get into NFTs and everything like that. Around 60% of the company's revenue comes from fees on trading Bitcoin. The company depends on Bitcoin's volatility and its potential upside. Amid the surge in crypto prices early this year, the company's first quarter revenue is $1.8 billion. Wow. Yeesh! In 2019, when the price of Bitcoin was a lot lower and no one was talking about it, Coinboys, Coin, Coinbase Lost $30 million. So here's, uh, I like this article, points out some of the other side. The Nobel Prize winning economist Robert Schiller described the rise of Bitcoin as a feat of storytelling. It's just people got excited about the story. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. uh, Bloomberg's Joe Weisenthal has gone so far as to call Bitcoin a faith-based asset. Uh, but as you heard there at the beginning, a lot of people... You know, said that sort of thing about a lot of companies, including Amazon. Mm-hmm. Um, recent surveys suggest that fewer than 10% of Americans have dabbled in cryptocurrency. I haven't. About half those people said they have regrets. Interesting. A handful of corporations, including Tesla and Square, have placed their bets, and hedge funds and banks are getting involved. The story now is less about freedom from governments, which is the, originally that's what it was, cryptocurrency is all about. A decentralized thing that is free of inflation worries, and right. et cetera, et cetera. Now it's more about money that has no better place to go. That was the logic presented last month in a report to investors from J.P. Morgan laying out why the bank, that bank now considered cryptocurrency a viable, investable Asset. Well, and one not need to have a dictionary full of fancy investing terms to understand that 
whether it's Bitcoin or, or Beanie Babies or real estate, if things are skyrocketing and people are getting rich trading them, other people get interested in it. I'd sooner, I'd rather play blackjack with my money, said a dentist from Dayton, Ohio. Why, why are you why, asking why, why? Dayton dentists? <laughs> ask him. Ask him about the. Hey, does that look? Does that look bad to you? Does it kind of hurt? No, dig a little deeper. That is a quote from a dentist when gold was allowed to be traded for the first time oh, back in the day. Okay, ah. okay, gotcha. They were well, saying, "Hey, would you want well, to invest in gold? I'd rather. I'd rather play okay. blackjack with my money." All right, but that was a stupid quote then. Yes, and it's a stupid idiot. quote now. Do not quote individuals and try to build stories around them. He it's a, a stupid way. It's obligatory. They wear wear lab coats and stuff. It's a good point, Sean. (laughs) I have no idea what his point is. (laughs) Um, The brand new toilet or uh, 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 hand paper, what do you call it? Paper towel dispenser in the bathroom that I was raving about earlier this morning. Mm. Dispensed no paper towels the last time I was in there. (laughs) So I walked around with about a two hour winning streak. I walked around with soaking wet hands, dripping like some sort of wet handed weirdo. Well, it's electric, and it's got a glowing eye. It's like an electric eye. Luckily, during COVID, nobody shakes hands. But if you ever shake hands with somebody and their hand is wet, it's very... It's hilarious. (laughs) (laughs) I have more than once intentionally wet a doorknob. (laughs) Just so the next thing I can grab it, we'll be freaked out. It's like the old having a little water bottle and sneezing behind somebody. Squirt them with the water bottle. That was a big one in school when I was... (laughs) Oh, it's a classic. I'm sorry. Don't we all need to laugh these days? Oh, the yeah. hilarity of putting your mucus on someone else. Oh, speaking of spreading diseases through uh, aerosol droplets, uh, how do you like this story in the Washington Post? A year into the pandemic, it's even more clear that it's safer to be outside. This this is the, I know, this is siloed America. We We were talking about that last May. How, look, obviously, if you're outdoors, you're going to be fine. I was howling when my county shut down the golf courses. And actually, I'm told that it had some effect, actually. You are outdoors 40 yards from another human being with the wind blowing, and you're shutting this down so we can go inside? Idiots. (laughs) Well, the... The uh, Now everybody's saying, yeah, as it turns out, beaches and parks are some of the safest places you can gather. No way. Yeah, I know it. This is why we must depend on science. We could never figure this out for ourselves. Armstrong and Getty, you have disappointed me for the last time. These are your final thoughts. <laughs> That's pretty good. That's good. David Hasselhoff's daughter is a plus-sized Playboy nude model. Did you know that? No. No, I didn't. I saw that headline. <laughs> uh, here's your host for Final Thoughts, Joe Getty. Hey, let's get a final thought from everybody on the crew. He's pressing buttons in the control room. Our technical director, Michael. Michelangelo, final thought. Yeah, I just want to thank a very kind listener, Jeffrey, who helped uh, my parents get a Xbox for their 14-year-old grandson. I was able to take that Xbox, put it on eBay, and sold it for $1,000. There you go. (laughs) Thank you. That's the American way. (laughs) Beautiful. Positive Sean, our producer, with a final thought. Uh, Yeah, I mentioned it earlier on. Just going to mention it one more time. Gangs of London, a fantastic show. Quite brutal, but really entertaining. Interesting. All right. Uh, Jack, a final thought for the good folks. There's a box of of assorted chocolates out in the newsroom. Is there any man, woman, or child in America that doesn't want to have some sort of label on which candy is which? Or do you enjoy the 
is this one going to suck? I don't. I want to know what it is. Here, here. Absolutely. Uh, my final thought is the Senate is voting on an anti-Asian American hate bill. And, of course, the USA Today says an uptick in incidents during the coronavirus pandemic. Hinting that it's about Trump or blaming China or something. There's no evidence of that. None. Mm. I bite into it and it's some sort of gross, cream-filled, fake cherry thing. It's not what I wanted. Tastes like cough medicine. Yeah, exactly. Those suck. I wonder, if is it to get you to go through the box faster so you'll need to buy more? Because you're going to probably toss that one in the trash. I don't know. That's an interesting thought. I don't really buy boxes of chocolates. What are you hoping for if you grab a box of chocolates and you just grab one randomly? What are you hoping for? That she accepts my apology? <laughs> I'm not sure no. I understood the problem. No, if you grab one piece of candy, oh. what are you hoping for? What's your, what's your high in your Something list? double chocolatey. Yeah, I would agree. Yeah. yeah. Something close to a Snickers bar. That's what chocolate I'm with chocolate chips with chocolate sauce that drips out of there when you bite it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Armstrong and Getty wrapping up another grueling four-hour workday. So many people who think so little time. Go to armstrongandgetty.com. We've got a great extra-large podcast about China jumping ugly. Among other things, you can email us, mailbag at armstrongandgetty.com. Hot links. has links to all the stories and videos we were talking about. Hey, send along that brilliant uh, letter from the New York teacher. So good. See you tomorrow. God bless America. We've reached a critical point. Here's the deal. Number one. I just want to thank you both. And think so, yes, that's the way to do it. That's the way to bring justice. Yay! Oh, man! I'm going to call my lawyer, John. <laughs> It's just great. Can I ask our producers, can we uh, get out of here, please? Go f*** yourself. You know what? It's time to take the varnish off, to unvarnish something. Time to strip the... Can I have a second take? (laughs) On that high note, thank you all very much. Armstrong and Getty.